Welcome back, everyone, to Nautical Knowledge and Nonsense. In this episode, I got to sit down with two other captains, Tom Rogers and Ken Lazarus. Tom Rogers is a Sea Scout leader and an old school mariner, and I talked to him about the Sea Scouts program in Tacoma, Washington. Ken was a former captain of mine on tall ships and is also a very accomplished and knowledgeable mariner. Tom was the star of the show, however, with over 60 years experience working with the Sea Scouts. We talk all about the program and the lifelong impact it has had on so many. We also talk about running a fathom line for navigation, how to memorize the signal flags and their meaning. By the way, folks, if you listen to this episode, you will never forget the whiskey flag, what it looks like, and what it means. We also talk about the state of the youth today, and Tom's answer might surprise you there. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Nautical Knowledge and Nonsense with Sea Scout leader and old school mariner, Tom Rogers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Nautical Knowledge and Nonsense. I'm sitting here today with with two amazing humans, two captains. Uh, We have the star of the show, Tom Rogers. Uh, Been in the Sea Scouts for over 50 years. Oh, no, more than that. Pushing pushing the heck out of 60. 60, okay. Well, he's pushing over 60 years in the Sea Scouts and a wealth of information. Um, Really, really neat. And we also have Captain Ken, one of my former captains on the Lady Washington. And also, uh, he's, Ken has been with the Sea Scouts for how many years now, Ken? Um, I've, I've been, I volunteered actively for about eight years and then I've kind of backed off with the pandemic. All right. So Tom, one, one of the things with, with me, so I'm an Eagle Scout. So I actually went through cool. the Boy Scouts and, and became an Eagle Scout. And I have to say, I was always impressed with the Sea Scouts because they knew their knots. Like they really understood them. They knew them really well. And I just, I'd always memorize the knots for the merit, you know, the merit badges and for the ranks and forget them like two months later. Uh, so I was always super impressed with the Sea Scouts. I got to say <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. And just the, a lot of the knowledge that, that they were able to grasp. Um, I, I was, I thought it was really neat. Cool. Yeah. So what? Uh, let's start from the beginning. What got you into boats? What got you into Sea Scouts? I always lived in the water. So when I moved to Tacoma, a friend of mine invited me down, and I never got out, I guess. All right. I haven't forgiven him since. <laughs> no. We're both very good friends. He's still active also. Uh, okay. So, no. I just enjoyed the boating, enjoyed the kids, and enjoyed the water. How much more can you? What more can you say? Yeah. Now, we're, now you were on prior to Sea Scouts. You you also sailed. I didn't sail. I was born in Honolulu, so I spent a lot of time in the water and the, and the islands. So I always enjoyed the water and always wanted to stay with it. All right. Um, did you? Uh, did you ever do any surfing when you were younger? And that would have been. We did some surfing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In those days, you know, the we didn't have uh, the nice bolts of boards that you have today or the lightweight boards they were the long boards the 15 16 foot wooden boards so you really had to have a lot more financial wealth than i did to have one of those boards plus i think they were bigger than me anyway (laughs) (laughs) it was a lot of days it was a lot of years ago all right so when you joined the sea scouts so it wasn't in hawaii you were in here in tacoma it was in tacoma by that point okay and then what what was your What's your background? I don't know. What, what was uh, what's the work that you did? Sea Scouts obviously is an avocation, not a profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked with and ran a plastics company, which we built a lot of products called Tempest products, fish on, in the recreational boating area, and we built a lot of the interior for the Class Eight trucks, the Kenworth Freightliners, and Volvos. So we were in the plastics business for many years. Okay. In the meantime, I could play with boats. <laughs> Well, Ken, what got you into Sea Scouts? How'd you hear about them, or, or, or how'd you hear about this particular organization? So my wife and I moved to Tacoma around 2010, and I was looking for something to keep me out of trouble. And a friend of mine said, you should go see Tom. I said, well, who's Tom? And he gave me that look of, how can you not know who Tom is? Everybody mm-hmm. knows Tom. Okay, so <laughs> who's Tom? Anyway, I come down on a Saturday, wander down, and uh, come to the seaport, and see all this cool stuff going on, you know, boats and boats and boats, all fun. 
And then I hear this laugh. And Tom has a very distinctive laugh. And I thought, <laughs> wow, I want to go have fun with that guy. Well, it turns out it was Tom. And he was on the foredeck of Curtis. And he's helping the Sea Scouts know what uh, you know what chores need to be done next. What let's clean the boat, let's get her get her warmed up and get underway. And and I, I was just drawn to that that energy that Tom has of, you know what, relax, we'll figure it out. Let's be smart, let's train hard, and then not worry about other stuff because we'll figure it out. And just it was so funny. Tom shook my hand. How you doing? Welcome to Sea Scouts. Let me show you around. Very inviting. Took around, gave a tour of the boat, and then we're coming. We get out underway. We're coming back to the dock, and and we we nudge the dock a little bit because that's what boats do. And there's Tom. He's just going, well, that's what boats do. And I thought this is a guy I can learn from, and this is a guy that I can be around because he was all about the kids, all about safety, but it was also showing them. Uh, the greater pieces that are around them that maybe younger folks don't think about. So Tom's been a great, uh, great influence. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so Ken, what was, uh, so you're meeting Tom and joining the Sea Scouts here. Was that before or after you joined us on Lady Washington? That I believe was after. After it was after. Yeah. yeah. So I had already skippered. So my whole this is not about me. It's about Tom. But you know, I, no. I grew up in the yeah. in Buffalo, New York, on the Niagara River. So I grew mm -hmm. up fishing as a kid with my grandfather, fishing with worms and string, kite string. And then I went to college in Florida. So I fell in love with the water again. Learned to scuba dive, and then moved to San Diego again. Love the water. And then when I finally moved up here, I thought I I I want to drive. I want to drive. <laughs> so uh, I learned to drive the boats and got my Coast Guard license, went out on Lady Washington, learned a ton there, and then uh, met Tom. And he, you know, he puts up with our our uh, old ways, 1780s ways of doing crazy tarring boats and all that. And Tom taught me a lot about more, more modern boats and new ways. So it was really, he's a walking encyclopedia. Well, though, though I got to say, so I was lucky enough to get a, Get a tour of the Cur the Curtis. The what's the full name of the Curtis? The Charles N. Curtis. Yeah, the Charles N. Curtis. Uh, so I got a, a full tour of the Charles N. Curtis, and they they still had the old time um, engine order telegraphs. Engine order telegraphs. That was so cool. So there's something to be said about old ways and old ships for sure. I mean, it was, well, the boat we built in 1931. Okay, it's 90 years old. <laughs> oh yes, there's a lot of modern technology in it, but there's also some very original type of technology. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's great for the students, obviously, or scouts. It's obviously great for them because they've got lots to focus on and they got lots, lots to, of hands on, lots, lots of, of touch and feel, lots of tactical, tactile uh, things to do. So yes, it's yeah. very hands on boat. And is it true you're getting a new boat uh, really soon here actually? Yes. But is it true that you actually are keeping some of those older systems on the new boat? Well, the, the systems on the boat remain basically the same no matter what we do with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's going to be engines and generators and and uh, heads and showers. and So the, those all remain in that. Uh, will it be quite identical? Will we have an engine or a telegraph? No. Oh, we'll okay. have to have wheelhouse controls. Will we have young people in the engine as oilers? Uh Yes, well, we have young people on the decks as ordinary seamen uh, learning those trades. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it'll be different, but it'll be the same. So, and when did you start this program <clears throat> here in Tacoma? The Sea Scouts, uh, Curtis started in, well, actually, Sea Scouts started in 1923. Mm -hmm. So, we've, we're coming up on 100 years, real close. <laughs> yeah, 99 years, right? Yep. This year. And then, but the, the, here in Tacoma in particular, the organization that, that you're part of now or heading um is that founded by you no it's filled 19 no no golly no <laughs> no it was not that old yet the, okay. the curtis started in 1924 <laughs> okay. that was a few years before me <laughs> no they started in 1924 i i just got active in the early 60s just yeah <laughs> it's still very impressive um so what's what's it been like i mean mm. 
what are some of the the difficulties you've had over the years? Just have, have there been difficulties like keeping the program going? Um, are there periods where it kind of slumps a bit and goes up? And, are there ups and downs, or is it pretty steady? No, it's always got ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, either recruiting ups and downs, uh, uh, changes in of uh, people, uh, regulations. You have new regulations every year, so you you have those to contend with. Uh, it's a it's a program that's very challenging and requires a lot of time. Um, you don't run youth programs today that don't require a lot of time, a lot of training. Now, you're, the regulations you're talking about, are those from the Coast Guard or are they also from other government organizations? Oh, everybody regulates us. <laughs> For example? <laughs> well, certainly the Coast Guard is one. Yep. Okay, then we get the FCC is another. And then we have the Boy Scouts, which we're affiliated with also. Uh-huh. And then we have the Youth Marine Foundation, which is who we provides our, our classrooms and our anchorage here. So, no, everybody regulates us. Okay. Yeah. It depends who gives us the most regulations each year. Awesome. So just just for folks that don't necessarily know a lot about the Sea Scouts, uh, can you give us a quick overview of what, what that looks like for a teenager like coming in to the program? What what could they expect to, to have? How old? How old do you have to be? We have a program you know, for 13 case. to 21-year-olds, mm-hmm. and many of those go on to be leaders in the program after age 21. Uh, it's a hands-on program. When they come in, they're going to, first of all, have a lot of fun running a boat. Uh, where is it that uh, a teenager can't drive a car, but he can drive a big 80-foot boat, right? <laughs> I mean, how exciting is that? Um, whereas they can't uh, fix their, their their father's automobile, they're going to be down in the engine room changing oil and greasing and, and, and maintaining the engine. So, uh, And those who don't want to do the engines have navigation, which is very intense also, because we have like 120 routes now in the northwest that we travel and each year we add more so yeah that's teenagers are going to have learn a lot have fun doing it and when they're not working they're going to be playing so yeah yeah that's one of the things about boats is that there's always something for somebody on a on a a boat period like like there, there just is there's the mechanical aspect there's the navigation there's the human social interacting trying to keep the crew alive and fed and i mean all of it is uh Every personality type gets covered. Every type of brain has a function on a ship. It's pretty awesome, actually. Yep. So with with uh, your program, now how far do you guys? What, what kind of programs do you run with the scouts? Like how do you have, you have overnight trips? Um, how far do you go on these vessels with the scouts? Well, we're licensed to south of Hope Island, British Columbia. That'd be the northern tip of British Columbia. We generally don't get that high. We'll be 100 miles north of Vancouver is the highest we usually run. Okay. Um, and then to Olympia, the south of us. So when you say that's a big range mean, of water. 100 miles north of Vancouver Island. Vancouver, Washington. I mean, Vancouver, B.C. I'm B.C., okay. okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's a good range. It's a good range. 100 miles uh, north of Vancouver, B.C. is a, that's a good run. <laughs> and how long are the trips? Well, they may be as short as overnight or as long as a week or two. We run multi-week trips during the summer, in which we'll run out of here. And uh, the next Saturday, we'll pull back into Anacortes, change out crews, and go out again. And just keep rotating through until we run out of crews. All right. And then how do you, who does the trip planning? Is that something that the scouts get involved with, or is it entirely from, well, from the organization? The overview we do, of course. Yeah. Because we have to, because everything we do today is highly regulated. But once we have the overview and plan, uh, then the M people have to do the navigating, doing the work on it. So once you have your, your navigation and plan, you can plan your fuel consumptions, you can feel the days, you can feel how long the trip, so each daily trip will be. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot of work. But the first step is that there has to be uh, an overview. And also then you have to get your reservations because a lot of ports uh, you just can't pull into and say, hi, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, so reservations usually have to be made somewhere in May. So here by by April, we're planning long cruises and and times up in the San Juan Islands. Okay. And so, do you guys ever anchor out? Oh sure. Okay. Uh, as often as we can. A lot of the islands up north are state parks of some form, uh, and they don't have access to the shore by dock. So it's all anchoring out and small boats to shore. Incredible. And it's such a beautiful part of the world. Like yeah, what oh, an incredible experience. Yeah. 
And then, in fact, run out of that. If the pandemic would be over, we just move north into the Gulf Islands, and that's just another whole another experience. <laughs> what What is it like for... I don't know. I'm sure you have a lot of funny stories. I mean, you can't throw a bunch of teenagers on a ship and not have some hilarity ensue. I mean, like, like I know one time we had a, a sailor. He was like 18 years old, and he he got woken up for his watch and came out just angry. I mean, really angry. Like, D -d somebody woke me up. I got woken up and like not understanding that it was his time to be on watch. And so we're like, well, thank goodness he came out on deck because it's your time to be on watch. He's like, what? I'm on watch duty? Like just stuff like that. We're just getting used to how a ship works and runs. Uh, you must have some funny stories. Oh, I can't necessarily remember too many right now, but you don't have, to name, a lot of funny don't have to name names. We, we don't want <laughs> no, to embarrass no, anybody. No, no, but we always have funny stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the funny ones aren't necessarily individuals, but Let's say uh, two weekends ago, we left Friday night for Olympia. And uh, it was going to be a night run because it, you know, fares out the, the men from the boys, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, and uh, we got in away about 7.30 that night. And we had a tremendous, it was right after doing all the heavy rain, so tremendous uh, uh, ebb on that. And we ran right into it and we <laughs> grinded down to about two knots. Pushing against the current, so we got into Olympia about 4 a.m. Instead, I can't imagine. Can you imagine? They got home to their parents and talked about being up to four o'clock in the morning. Parents would say, "You were what?" <laughs> <laughs> and then we find that's always a lot of fun. The kids are a lot of fun. They do a lot of silly things. Sometimes I forget mostly, but it's best to do that. Yeah, and you're obviously out in in most weather conditions. Oh, we're all weather boat. Okay. Yeah, we'll get tired of flat water cruising. <laughs> yeah, flat water cruising is kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see that. No, and it's good. It's good for, I mean, I, I remember my scout trips and like freezing, freezing my butt off in uh, very cold, you know, winter oh, yeah. uh, campouts and then hiking and you're hot <clears throat> or wet or all of it, the above. And But it was good. It was, it was a really good experience. Do your, do your scouts get to go on land a lot? When they're, I mean, it sounds like you dock at some places, you anchor at others, but do, do they get to go on hikes? Do they get to do camping once out on shore? It, once the chores are done and the boat's serviced and ready for the next day, they, they'll shore leave. Okay. But once you hit the, as soon as you hit the dock or the anchorage, all the, all the plotting, all the chores, all the servicing of the engines, everything is done immediately. And you're now ready to get underway at a moment's notice. How, has the program changed much? since the 60s and 70s, like as far as technology goes, as far as training, how, how does that work? How, I mean, what's your, what's your experience been? You do understand to take me back to the days of the depth finder and a compass, and that's all we had to run with. <laughs> Let's hear it. And it obviously worked, like the boats didn't sink. The boat's right? still there. It's when navigation was a whole new art. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's a lot different today. Now you run with several GPSs and, you know, radars and AISs and all the other electronic equipment. Makes it a funner. Maybe, less, maybe a little less nervous, but uh, some of the good old days were, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but you still I, I will tell you the story. You wanted the story. I remember yeah. coming home from Shelton, and it had been heavy fog all day. We had not seen a thing. So in those days, what you did is you ran the six-fathom line. I don't know if you know what that means, but you look at the chart, and if it, yep. if it, if it, the land was to your to your right, if they started shoaling, you turn left to get too deep, you turn right, and we're coming down Ruston Way, you know. Pretty soon, I see somebody walking across in front of us. Well, this kind of gets my attention because there should be to be walking on the water in front of us, right? So immediately <laughs> stop the boat, say, "Okay, Holmesman, what's going on?" He says, "Well, sir, Mister Rogers, I don't know where I'm heading." I said, you've lost control of the helm? I mean, you know that? He said, yes, sir. I said, oh, okay. Why don't we stop for a second and replot and kind of turn the boat around the compass heading we might want to be on? <laughs> <laughs> and the poor guy, of course, walking across, it was Dickman Lumber. About that time, they let the, horn, the air horn go. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my. He probably never forgot us either. I <laughs> knew <laughs> uh, yeah, those are the stories you run into. Not good stories. You're just more cautious. 
took a little more time and a little more careful. And if you had a good cliff, you'd sound the cliff for noise and, you know, for reverber reverberation of the uh, horns. Mm -hmm. But you're just a whole different time. Coming across the Straits of Juan de Fuca were always a challenge. And you, you'd plan your cruise, depending, because you had four major estuaries flooding that, that and you could get all kinds of distortions in the current. So you'd plan when you got to the entrance there, <coughs> if it was shoaling too soon, you, you turn turned right, and if it's shoaling too late, you turn left. Mm. I think that was why you're gonna get through and keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, I think, well, and, and you still teach those old skills to the scouts, right? Yeah, we do a basic to that today. You know, again, there are so many, uh, there is so much knowledge that we ask of the young people today. But again, uh, we have to restrict what we teach and how much we teach. Sure, some of the old things are a lot of fun, but uh, you still need to, to teach young people than that, which is necessary for today. Mm -hmm. And there's never enough time to do all of that properly. So yeah, you have to be very, you have to use your time wisely. Yeah. Okay. You were gonna say something, Ken? I was. So I think, uh... I'm glad you touched on what we call long cruise. So every summer, while the crew works all year round to earn money and keep the boat in good shape and build their skills so that we can go on long cruise. And that's a week in the San Juan Islands. So Tom and his wisdom figured out how to have one crew take the boat up to the San Juans and then spend a week up there. And then crew number two loads up the cars, drives up there, and then we swap spots. So now you have a fresh crew on the boat. Crew number one leaves it all nice, spick and span. Everything's working, hopefully. <laughs> we can talk about the heads. Except the heads. Except the heads. <laughs> <laughs> and then we swap out. And, you know, hugs and kisses, change places. And then the crew one jumps in the cars for crew two, and they drive home. and So everybody gets a rest. And I think when adults come back, one of for me, one of the greatest things is having a person come back. I don't even know who they are. They come back and they introduce themselves and they're some 25, 30-year-old person. They've started their adult career. They've gone to college. They're starting a family. But they come back and they say, hey, you know, I was here 10 years ago and we did this on Curtis. <laughs> and they bring up those stories. And the things they remember are the little quirky things that didn't go right. They remember long cruise. They remember that time where it was just us for a week. You know, it was Tom, the adults that he picked, and the culture he laid down about, and he touched on it. When you come to the dock, you take care of the boat. When the dope boat is well, then you can go have fun. So uh, coming from the, the square rigs like I do, I hear a lot of the old wisdom coming through Tom. Mm -hmm. My boat, my crew, then myself. It's one of those things we love about Tom. <laughs> Okay. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> no, those are good pieces of advice. Boat always must be ready to get underway. I don't know how to get you to talk about it, Tom, but you know, you've you've run this program for over almost 60 years, and you have all these people come through the program. You've seen every type of personality, every person, every human there is. How does it feel for you when they come back? And they're these different, I mean, you know them as kids, and then they come back and they're these different people. Do you see your influence in them? Hey, oftentimes you see that. I mean, we see young people, all walks of life coming back. You know, they all do well. You know, they all feel good about themselves. They feel well. That's what the program's all about. What they do is unimportant. How they feel about what they do is important. And that's probably the most important thing. And we see a lot of them coming back. And I suspect here in the next few months, we're going to have a lot of that. Uh, when they announce the retirement of the Curtis, I suspect that a lot of people are going to be coming back for the final ride. So, yeah, so it's going to be a fun time. Yeah. And then they'll all come back to get on the new boat because it's going to be so much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many, uh, how many can be? So Curtis sleeps 24 uh, total. Is that yeah, correct? We're licensed for 43. 43. Total. Okay. Overnight. For anything, any capacity. 
Oh, wow. Usually a little bit less overnight because it's a little crowded at 43. I would imagine. We only yeah. have bunks for 24. <laughs> so bunks for 24. And then the new vessel, uh, what, what, what's her name? It's called the Bay Smart Express. Pardon me. I mean, let me try again. Hmm? The Bay Smart Express. Okay. It will be renamed uh, uh, after the benefactor who built that boat. Um, and it sleeps 24 also. But it carries can carry a hundred up to hundred passengers and four crew. Wow! Oh yeah, much bigger boat, about twice the size, physically about twice the size of the Curtis. And do you guys ever take out paying passengers or families or we, stuff we like do that? that? Yes. Yep. Yeah, well, it's not a, it's not a major part of the program, but it certainly is a part of the program. Uh, we donate a lot of cruises to uh, different charities, and that's how they can raise funds. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a very important part of the program taking care of people taking care of the community and then with the with the training so obviously it's so sea scouts is a sub group of the boy scouts of That's america correct. now called scout scouting america i believe scouts america i'm not sure what I think it they is. changed it yeah um it's fun i recently went to boy scout troop and well they weren't, they weren't boys there was boys and girls i, I thought it was great you know young yeah. men and young women well, we got um, we have girls joined us and yeah. Well, you mid, say, mid 80s. I was going to say, yeah, mid since the mid 80s, you had young women in Sea Scouts. Right. And I've, I've known several friends that were in the Sea Scouts. And yeah. I mean, again, they all knew their knots. They all knew their like <laughs> signal flags. Um, one, of the, one of the funniest little tricks to, to memorizing a signal flag was uh, this one fellow was telling me, he said, uh, so, so you have, so in, in case people don't know, the old, you know, each letter of the alphabet and a few of the numbers and a few other things are represented by flags. And these are obviously abstract, you know, colors and, and combinations of shapes and all that. So I, I do think there's a brain type that can easily memorize that. But for the vast, vast majority of us, it's really abstract. And for me, it's like, oh my gosh, how, how I memorize it. But the whiskey flag, for example, I mean, this, this one fellow, he had the greatest little story to go with it that he had learned from the Sea Scouts. I, I've yet to find where, because he had stories for every flag, but I just happened to remember whiskey really well. And it was, okay, so the flag, you have like a red square with a white, you know, surrounded by a white square, essentially, and, and then a, a blue square. And so he's like, okay, so picture a Smurf. You got a Smurf out there, right? This is the whiskey flag, okay? So you picture a Smurf, top-down view. So you're looking at its white hat, a little blue body sticking out. Now, that Smurf's been drinking a bottle of whiskey, and he's getting hammered. And he throws that empty bottle up in the air, and bam, smacks him right on the top of the head and cuts his head open. That's the red spatch. And that's why the whiskey flag means in need of medical assistance. <laughs> I was like, wow, what a great way to memorize. So you, you can actually kind of do that with all the flags, but... I did it for a few. I, I, I don't remember them all. That's a lot of stories. <laughs> wow. You know. But you'll never forget the, it. The, you know. No. The, the, <laughs> the signal flags are really great. They're good on opening day when you're in parade and you have to address the ship. But beyond that. <laughs> yeah. Give me a radio. Yeah. Give me a radio anytime. Radios are very And besides very that, useful. nobody else will, will recognize them anyway. Right. It's kind of like blowing your horn anymore. <laughs> the, 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 what are you blowing your horn for? Because like, I'm turning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, okay, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and even, gosh, well, we saw that with the, uh, I, I don't know if you had a chance to see the video footage of the, I think it was the Elba, Elba 2, it was this, this boat in Germany, uh, schooner, mm -hmm. and it went, well, basically they cut in front of a <clears throat> container ship coming down a channel. That will happen. And yeah, that just not good. You can see the pictures of it, like you smash and the, the video you can see right up about to the impact point yep. you can watch the video but uh but the guy sitting there blowing his horn but i'm like you're, you're hundreds of yards from a vessel that has a contain like they're, they're not going to hear that like like what's the point you know start start reacting and I, I i hate to backseat captain i think i'll actually do an episode on backseat captaining <laughs> like the proper way to do it and what not to do but but in that particular instance, because I lived in Germany for a couple of years, I know exactly what that guy was thinking, and it was wrong. Like he was following blindly the the procedures, but you have to skip a few steps once in a while if, if things are getting crazy. So, but yeah, so horn, but horn blowing is still good. Like the five five blows out on the harbor and stuff, oh, yeah. that is useful for yachtsmen and for for other you know smaller Many boats that are close that, by. But but so few boaters understand. That purpose of horns anymore yeah. it's it's unfortunate and of course 
clearly don't understand signal flags. Yeah, obviously not. <laughs> it goes right along with semaphore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Tom, you kind of touched on the idea that Curtis is involved in the community. Could you, could you talk about a couple of the events that she's typically in involved in in the community? The community has invited us time and time again to participate in many areas. Um, we always participated in the lighted parade at Christmas time to get the boot all decorated out and join the parade. And since we have this huge spotlight up there, they can see us coming a couple miles away. So they <laughs> say, "Would you go?" You know, it's like kind of like Rudolph. Would you Would you lead the parade? <laughs> it's pretty yeah. close. Yeah, how big was the spotlight? It's twenty four inches yeah. in diameter, seven point three million candle power, two mile range. Seven so point three million. Yeah, seven point three. Power. Yes. And uh, you can see us coming a long ways off. So we do that. Generally, we have special people's crews where people with uh, some limitations we take out uh, on a Christmas cruise before Christmas. And they can talk to Santa on the radio and all kinds oh. of things. It's just a lot of fun. Have yeah. cocoa and eat cookies. And that's a good run. Uh, by the time we get to spring, we are generally participate in the uh, land daffodil parade. We have the motor lifeboat and we decorate it with daffodils and hiked down the five mile strip and waved to everybody and that's followed shortly behind with the marine daffodil parade and then we get the boat really decorated and go out and go and review the Tacoma Yacht Club and, and their members and that's that's a, just a lot of fun also and then that's followed up by the opening day parade so that's probably the key around here it's, it's a big event and we always enjoy going to the opening day parade and, and getting young people dressed up. They get in their blues uniforms and it looks look tremendous. The boat looks tremendous. It's it's something that uh, is a very, it's a privilege to do. And those are just a few of the things we do. We do uh, we do so many other events, uh, whether it be opening ceremonies for the community, for different events and different people. Uh, we get the young people out in the community. That's great. Uh, very important for young people to get out and talk with adults, meet with adults. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the, from my perspective, because Tom was allowed me to come and be a, an adult volunteer, I kept coming back to probably on a monthly basis. Gosh, I wish I had found this when I was a kid because we were having so much fun and there was so much to learn. But one of the things that anybody who's been in Scouts or Sea Scouts knows, there's these levels of responsibility. And one of the great things about Tom is he pulls people up. He doesn't keep them down. So if you're an apprentice and you're learning, Tom will say, well, well, when are you getting ordinary? Well, how far are you from ordinary? How many badges do you need to get off? How many things signed off? He's always pulling you up. And one of the impressive things about the boat is when new people come out, well, Tom, who's driving the boat? Well, the, the bosun. Well, who's the bosun? That's that 16-year-old young lady right over there. She's driving the boat. So he's always pulling people up and always challenging them to get better. Well, there's no quarter. You come on the boat, you're working, you know, and you may be 13 years old, but you're going to be on the helm. Uh, you're going to be handling lines. You're going to be working on it. This, it's a working boat, and that's what it's there for, you know. You want to be treated as an adult. You want to work as an adult. We're going to do just exactly that. We want you to be part of the adult world. Yeah. So it's, well, it's interesting to see young people do that. You have to let's see that. And they, young people are great. They step right up. Yep. That's wonderful. It's wonderful to hear, and yeah, it's wonderful to provide that challenge. How do smartphones work on the boat? Like, do do the scouts bring their phones with them on these long trips? Is that something that oh, we sure. get behind? Or and they all get gathered up and put in the galley and locked up. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> all right. Well, there's two issues. Two reasons for that. Pardon me. One is it's very distractive and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And number two, the coast guard said no. So we don't put phones below decks anymore. You know, the ion batteries uh, have been uh, suspected cause of fires, and uh, all of these phones get put away. When they go ashore, they can have their phones. Yeah. On the boat and we're operating, no. Yeah. Yep. And what's your impression? Like, like, do the scouts... <clears throat> Do they do they appreciate that? Do, do they get do they feel do they understand that they get a better experience for not having the phone with them twenty four seven? Or I, I don't know. I, I don't curious. think I've ever asked. 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it has to be it has, it has to be so strange. I don't know. Just the changes in the the everything. Have you noticed any difference in the youth? Like, is are there ways that they're? I don't want to put judgment on it, but just different, different from 40, 50, 60 years ago. I had the opportunity to read all of Henry Foster's correspondence from the 30s about the kids and things were going on. And, you know, we did they did things differently, but they're the same kids, you know. <laughs> and in many respects, the kids today, the young people today are so much better than we ever were. So, no, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> they we give them this and the heck, but they really are much better and much better organized uh, than we ever were. And Henry Foss's letters were just they were just some big believe. <laughs> in what way? I mean, what, what were some of the stories he was telling? Oh, the one so was the story. They were pretty upset about they had a regatta going in Vancouver, Washington. Now this is in nineteen thirty four. And uh, just before the day they were supposed to leave for the regattas, the, the parents, the adults had canceled out and couldn't go. Well, the young people said, well, that was no problem. They got dressed up in their sailor suits, went out and got hitchhiked. And sure enough, the Army came along, picked them up, and took them to Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> when they get done, they got on the Coast Guard boat down there, played on the Coast Guard boat, and got done with it. And Sunday, they got back on the road and hitchhiked back up to, to Tacoma. Uh, <laughs> Needless <laughs> to say, there's quite a brouhaha over that. <laughs> but a much more casual affair in those days. Now, the good news is the, the young man who orchestrated, he went skiing after that and broke his leg, so they couldn't talk to him for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon, okay? They did things in those days which were a lot more laid back and casual. They survived. I, uh, I, so, I, you know, today we're lots more regulated, so... Mm-hmm. No, kids are about the same. They still have a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, neat. So what are some ways that, that they, because I, I I know just from mm. from scouts and just being on ships in general, like like when you're on watches, you know, hours at a time, and it, like you, you start, you just start to get bored. And, and I, I, I always say that, what, what do they say? That boredom, what's what's the, the mother, the mother of all invention? Oh, necessity. Necessity is the mother of all invention. I do believe boredom is like a really close family family member. Like definitely, if not the mother, then then a brother or a sister. Because people come up with some really interesting stuff when they're bored. Uh, what, what are some of the creative things that, that your scouts have come up with when, when bored on a trip or on a watch or, or what have you? You know, I'm not always sure I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like sometimes Classic they time. come up with like funny games or, or just funny Oh, stuff. they come up with some crazy games. But if they're stomping around the middle of the night, <laughs> their games don't get too funny. <laughs> they're keeping you up all night. <laughs> no, they do fine. The watches generally are fairly short watches, either on short runs, 15 minutes, or long runs, not more than 30 minutes. So they have time off. Yeah. And during that time off, they have study sessions or they have goof-off sessions or whatever else be there. It's some days, though some days when we're running long runs that we run after run for 10, 12 hours of the day, I suspect that it gets boring after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we all get bored at that point in time. Hope, hope we get to the port sooner, but it, <laughs> it's mathematics. It takes so long to get from here to there. Yeah. Oh, no. And then we stop. You know, Munster and San Juan's, we're moving every day. We're probably not running more than two or three hours a day. And the chores are done. They're playing. So pretty hard to get too bored. In, in addition to all the, the navigation and the, the ship's work, do you guys also do, is, is there like a nature aspect of, of the journey, like a nature program? There certainly can be, okay. Yeah. It all depends on who we have on, as leaders on that and their skills and their, their skill sets they want to practice. Uh, again, you're going to you're, 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 you're gonna blend a little of that with a little bit of the fun because you know, that interest speed is to keep that interest level up. So how many troops then... So, so I think I'm beginning to understand finally. Um, so, so you obviously cater to many different Sea Scout troops. No, we cater to one. But Just we one. A, we oh, have okay. a big unit. Now, okay. other Sea Scout units or Boy Scout units will occasionally join us, mm-hmm. but no, we're we're just one big unit. No. All right. Neat. How do the How do the Boy Scouts do? They do fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a crew on board and and take them to the various different spots and 
Do, oh yeah. Do you ever have the Sea Scouts kind of like in charge of the Boy Scouts or how, oh, how does sure. that work? Okay. Oh yeah. Fun. It's even more fun when the girls and the girl leaders are in charge of the the Boy Scouts. That's yeah. a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, we've got some pretty aggressive young ladies who do a really fine job. Okay, but we'll put a we'll put a crew on board, a skeleton crew, uh, and then we'll go to the different spots. And yeah, the Boy Scouts have a lot of fun. Right. Very neat. Uh, so, how, how can people find out more about, like, if, if they want to come volunteer, help out uh, adults or youth, or join the Sea Scouts? What's what's the best way to go about it here uh, in Tacoma? We're here five days a week, uh, from eight to four thirty at Youth Marine Foundation uh, Building, eight twenty East D Street in Tacoma. Okay. So yeah. come. Yeah. Um, you can come back, and we'll talk about old stories. Most of which I try to forget. <laughs> no, I don't. But it's there are an awful lot of stories. The sea Scouts, they have it. What's what's their equivalent of the Eagle Scout? Quartermaster. Or, quartermaster. Okay. Right. Is it true that if you get your quartermaster and join the Navy, you actually start out at the pay? Like you start out an extra rank, or you get a two, pay? Two ranks pay, Two ranks. Oh yeah. And that's an official ranks, or is that you get that pay? That pay ranks. That pay raise. Oh yes. Okay, so you're not officially two ranks, but but you're, but you're paid as such. No, I believe you're two ranks, and you get paid as two ranks higher. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, All because right. they go in the basic foundation. We have young people who go back to the uh, went went back to the training center there in Michigan, um, and uh, after a day of training, the instructor told the guy. Go home and rest. Uh, he was just impeding that everybody else to think they already knew the answers. <laughs> oh go, go away. <laughs> and that was true. I mean, it will be. They're, they're, a person that spends time on the boat has got a lot of nautical, not, nautical skills that are very useful in many areas of life. Yeah. I mean, a, a boat is a can-do entity. Uh, whether you like it or not, you get out to sea and repairs or help are hours or days away. You better be prepared to be able to take care of yourself. So that's what you're learning. That self-reliance, that knowledge. You know, like we were joking earlier about Mother Nature, uh, you know, <laughs> setting the pace. There's no question about that. You have to learn that, that you can't always define for the world what's going to happen. The world, Mother Nature usually does that for you pretty well. <laughs> you know, uh, there's lots of learning that goes on. That whole process and learning about life and how you're going to live. So, you bet you. Engine breaks down, you better be prepared to fix it. Yeah. Yep. You yeah, have a backup yeah. plan or two. Oh, yes. If you <laughs> a little bit of a fire, you better be sure that you get to put it out. Never had one, although, but that's good. Oh, oh thank goodness. Let's knock on some wood. Uh, <laughs> so, at what point? Well, obviously, you do drills. I'm guessing. Oh, every every Saturday. Every Saturday. Okay, so you do drills with the scouts. <coughs> you like for for a typical scout unit, um, do they meet once a week and on Saturdays, or, or how how does that? Work? Our unit does. I don't know what typical people do. Okay, we meet Monday nights. There, there's a lot of information, a large quantity of information we have to pass on. We never have enough time, so we meet on Monday nights. There's a lot of the technical stuff. In the winter time, we'll do a lot more of the technical knowledge. But by the time we get to April and, and the sun is still up, uh, it's all underway hands-on training. So you'll switch from the book learning to the hands-on training. Mm -hmm. uh, and both are very important. Now, at what point, so if there's an incident that is starting to occur, say, you know, the vessel's off course or it's heading into a shoal or something <clears throat> like that, at what point do you, as overall in charge, step in because there's a lot to be said about people learning from their mistakes or trying to to work problems out even though you know the answer already as as the leader you might know the answer but um, but that person learning doesn't or they need to figure it out at what, at what point do you step in as a leader you would never step in unless it's an urgent issue you walk over to the navigator and say hey where are you going and where's the course and are you on course let's get back on course and they'll look at their chart and say, oh, I'm here. And I said, no, you look at your GPS, you're here. You need to make some corrections and expect them to go back to the, whoever's the, in the charge of con and make corrected courses and bring it back online again. Expect that to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are the expectations. 
if there's an urgent situation where we're impairing the, the ship is endangered or we're in peril in any way, that's a whole other game. Right. That changes the rules. Right. But that's so rare. Very rare. I mean, yeah. No, that's what you have navigated. That's what they, the kid, their young people are there for. Think yeah. about the pride they take about having to navigate a course over hundreds of miles and, and be on course and be on time. Oh, that's incredible. And something as big as their house at yeah. home or yeah. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. No, it's it's phenomenal. It really is. Ken, what what, what do you want to say about the Sea Scouts about any of it? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've I've learned a lot from Tom about balance. You know, how do you make sure you take care of the safety? How do you keep a learning environment? And how do you keep it fun? And I it, it's been masterful to watch Tom sort of navigate that because he's got to deal with the weather a boat and the youth and then he's got to put up with us adults some of whom are parents and some aren't so he's got all these dynamics to deal with and it's pretty impressive how he can keep us cool and and he knows this he's teaching all of us while he's learning I've known Tom long enough to have watched him learn and he's very very generous with his learnings well you're generous with your comment uh, you know, as long as we're doing things safely, I'm pretty calm, and we can always do that. But they cross the line to where we're not safe. Uh, the old man's pretty quick. Be, you, know, you don't want to be on the other end of his tongue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once once you cross the line of safety, that's you've you've gone beyond being comfortable. I and mean, now we're going to make changes right away. Yeah. It went, I mean. <clears throat> yeah. Nope. I, I know. I know what that's. What that's like, yep. absolutely. Yeah, it's usually in the the voice and just the way you. Well, just everything changes. I don't know. But it's, oh yeah. You, you just every you know. I, I think part of being the captain is. Yeah, it, it needs to be very clear when when that line is like okay now it's serious guys let's. That line is crossed. Yep. Oh yeah, but you stop and think. The young people took this boat clear to uh, Olympia, and uh, whatever, five or seven what for, you know. 12 hour run almost mm-hmm. uh, and navigated it all through many channels and many ways and that and got us there safely you know small harbors narrow passages just think about that for a second those are 14 15 16 year olds yeah on a wooden boat it's cool uh, yeah. <laughs> just keep lugging along but that's important to tell people that's what the young people are learning and that's a heck of a lot of confidence there well, and I think it's important for older folks, too, because a lot of us, I mean, all we see is the, the negativity in the news. And the, right. we hear a bunch of stories, many of which are not representative of the greater picture. Absolutely. And just and, and people sit at home like, oh, I got no hope. There's no point to doing anything. And it's like the reality is okay, if you have that attitude, you actually need to start doing stuff. And, uh, and, and OK, I mean. So you don't have the knowledge yet to start a program. You could volunteer at a program. You could help out. Uh, I mean, I feel great. I'm finally volunteer with Scouts again. And it, it just, I was in there literally for minutes. And just something was like, like all, and I had this feeling, wow, I was like, wow, this feels right. I'm in the right place. This is the right time. Like just, it felt like, okay, now, now I'm steering a better course than I just was half an hour before. Like something about it felt 100% right. And can't explain it, but you just kind of know, you know, when you're in, you know, so yeah. So get out folks, like, like help out the Sea Scouts, help out some local nonprofit, like help out. A, I mean, people need volunteers and help all the time. Museums, libraries, like yep. keep our culture going. Yep. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Get off the couch and go to work. Let's have fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, t- well tom it's been great thank you so much for for taking the time to do this interview and let me come down and visit uh, and, and tour giving me a tour of the the place it's wonderful they got a really cool little wall set up the history of the sea scouts uh the history of the whole area it's 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 great we're the oldest entity on the false waterway wow we didn't discover that until about two years ago. We're not talking about you and me, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Together. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, but no, that was pretty pretty exciting when we realized the longevity of of the program on the waterway. It was really fantastic when I got to read Henry Foss's letters. 
I just was blown away. Yeah. You know how they used to get the boats? They didn't have big boats in those days. They had sailboats. Do you know they got the sailboats to the San Juan Islands? Uh-huh. Well, they'd call up Henry and say, Henry, when's the next time they're towing the barges to Alaska? He says, oh, such and such a day. He says, okay, we got about three or four sailboats. We'd be like to, you know, to tow them up to the San Juans. So they'd tie the boats off to the barge. <laughs> I'm going to say, and when they get the San Juans, they'd cut the lines. Hmm. Oh, my. That's mind-blowing. Wow. <laughs> mind-blowing. That's old school. That is old school. Oh, Could you a... imagine us doing something like that today? <laughs> We'd all be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will, you know. And so, wait, wait, wait. Well, I'm try. So, <laughs> there, there are people on those boats? Pardon? There are people on those boats? They're, they're kind of oh, yeah. There better be. Oh, okay. yeah. And they had to have I was going to say, like, those flow in there. Oh, and you had to be have, when they cut them loose. You had <laughs> to have watch on them all the time because somebody fall over, you only, fell over. You only had a couple minutes to get that boat loose, go back and get them. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what are, so, next year, 100th anniversary. Yes, sir. Sea Scouts. Absolutely. What are are there any plans in place for for celebration for for that? Uh, we were supposed to be on a three year process to retire the Curtis, mm. and that got moved up to about a six month process. So the answer is yes, but no. Okay. We need, we have not had the able to focus that for the moment. It is the the, the speed with which we've had to travel, the agility which we not, needed to meet the demands of this new boat, which is. An incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. I've pre-coded much of that. Looking forward, it'll be a little way, it'll be a little wise. Excuse me, a little time before we can catch up with that. All right. Well, it'll, a belated hundredth birthday. Be. We'll have the hundredth birthday, <laughs> but it, it'll be a little bit different. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean obviously keeping the program going, and and like you said, it's it was a great opportunity you guys got to to get that new vessel. Takes the program yeah. another 30, 40 years down the road. Yeah, that takes that's a huge obviously step. That takes priority over yep. a celebration. <laughs> huge step. Yeah, we're getting that boat at twenty percent of the established uh, rebuilders value, rebuilt value, or new new replacement value. How do you not step in and go for it? Yeah, wonderful. Yep. All right, well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening. This was I, this is me, Captain Johan, with uh, Captain Ken Lazarus and Captain Tom Rogers. Uh, yeah, hope everyone enjoyed that. Uh, please go volunteer. Volunteer at, at a local organization, local youth group. Uh, encourage the youth to get out there and just try it. I mean, what do you got to lose? Just try something different. <laughs> Why not? Otherwise, yeah, uh, you guys know how to support me by now, I'm sure. And support this podcast, spread the word. Really appreciate it. And wishing everybody out there fair winds and follow the sea.